hosted by the Double Eagle here at Cross Creek. Once again, we're live from the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill, Rexboro, along with Dane Filling. In this first segment, we're joined by Coach A.J. Calvern. Dane, once again, the special was wonderful. It was a cream chicken sandwich. To me, that's just sloppy chicken, and sloppy chicken and tater tots was the uh, the menu for tonight, and it was uh, wonderful as always. Yeah, even though the Double Eagle's going through a remodel, both in the kitchen and in the bar, they still served us well, and... Uh Got a decent crowd out here tonight as we uh, speak with special guest Bruce Teamy and Jim woo, Hopkins woo, woo. over the over the phone, and we got a couple other guests, and we'll also have Bruce on the extended version that's podcast only. Want to remind you that uh, next week our show will again be on Monday night at seven oh five here at the Double Eagle. That's February first, and our special guest will be uh, former Evansville Modern Day head coach Mike Gable. And he has uh, asked that he bring his former assistant, Randy Helfrick, on. And they want to talk about our show and the rivalry between Belmont and Modern Day and uh, the history there. And also look forward to the upcoming state finals, which Mr. Gable will be broadcasting. And we know that that, uh, Coach Gable listens to all our shows. And uh, so we're excited to have him on. In a minute or two, we're going to be joined by Jim Hopkins. former editor of the Decatur Daily Democrat and a member of the IHSWCA Hall of Fame. And we'll quickly look over the conference tournaments that happened this last weekend. And then uh, we'll have our interview with Bruce Teamy, fourth place medalist for Belmont. And then we'll go through the sectional brackets, which have not, to my knowledge, been released yet. We're going to bring them to you live here. We'll also take a quick look at the Delta sectional brackets as Belmont and uh, everybody in the Jay County sectional feeds into there for regionals, and then uh, we also have some updates on Team State for next year as far as dates, and we have a special uh, call-in guest from there as we discuss what Team State's going to look like for next year uh, with COVID and some of the changes to the tournament this year. And then, uh, of course, after the final whistle, we got a new sponsor, Rex. Defense Soap is our uh, sponsor for the podcast-only portion, and we're excited to have them on, and we'll have an extended interview with Bruce. And he's going to share with us a little bit of the history of the Decatur Wrestling Club. And uh, Bruce is uh, one of those longtime members of a uh, gentleman that came back in and, and helped support the team and wrestled uh, with the uh, youngsters and coached and then went down to the junior high and was longtime coach of the junior high. So uh, he's been part of the program. He's just like, a, like an old book on a shelf. He's been around forever. And, uh, you know, for the current Belmont team, uh, I know a lot of the kids that I have in class, uh, they think Bruce walks on water, and we know that he does. <laughs> but uh, they're all excited to listen tonight, and uh, they had a great experience with him helping out Sean back when they were in middle school, and uh, we're very excited to have Bruce on the show. Tried to get him on last year. He was a little reluctant, but uh, this year we've got him. Hello, Jim Hopkins. Hey, how you doing, Rex? Pretty good, Hoppy. We are on the air here, and uh, thanks for calling in, then. Jim, where are you at in Texas right now? San Antonio, which is, uh, you know, south-central uh, part of Texas. So you don't have snow and ice on the ground down there today? Like Every 30 years we have snow like clockwork. <laughs> uh, 43 this morning, 75 this afternoon. We hate you, Hoppy. <laughs> <laughs> so Hoppy on the air with us uh, right now. It's uh, Dane and Rex and uh, AJ and uh, uh, we wanted to bring you on and talk about uh, some of the support and the, uh, the lot of media play that uh, you gave to the uh, Belmont Braves back in the day. And I know for one myself, uh, it seemed like uh, the wrestling team uh, during my years in the team, we were in a paper more than anybody else. And uh, we really appreciate that uh, coverage that we did get from you for all those years. Well, I, I blame AJ for that. 
Sure. It's uh, all my fault. Uh, that first year, 74, that I covered, I go into his office before the year, and he goes, uh, I got a question. What's going to happen this year? He goes, we expect to win every dual meet and every tournament we enter all the way to the state finals. And I say, what about the state finals? He said, yeah. <laughs> I thought, this, this is the kind of sport I want to cover. Well, we were pretty good then. We had a lot of quality athletes, a lot of talent. They had been wrestling since their fourth or fifth or sixth grade year when we started them back in the day. And at that time, they were coming up to the forefront. And truthfully, I thought that's what we could do. Yeah, I just thought there were a lot of stories. You know, in, in basketball, you got five players. And uh, in, in wrestling, you got, at that time, 12 or 13. I forget which. Uh I do, too. And, yeah, it was just a lot of stories and a lot of neat things happening. So I kind of, you know, had a lot of stories to write. So, Jim, Dane Filling here, and uh, I've spent a lot of time looking at, at microfilm from back in the Nellie Clark era. When you came to the Democrat, what were your expectations coming in for wrestling, or what was your background knowledge? Well, actually, I had a little background knowledge uh I, I went to Taylor University, and we had a guy there named Tom Jarman. Head oh, my. Coach. He just, really He good got coach. there in 79, and he was one of my football coaches. And uh, a bunch of our football players wrestled. So I started going to meets. And then a couple of years later, I was sports editor. And uh, I, I got to cover in the team, and I'd go to away meets with them. And, uh, yeah, I got, I got to learn a lot about it or something about it. You know, at that time, it was a – Pretty big deal. Jarman had uh, things hyped up pretty well by his third or fourth year. I'll tell you, Hoppy, uh, Tom Jarman was one of the coaches that came in and did clinics at Belmont that helped us learn something about how to wrestle. He, he was one of the best. Yeah, he, he had a pretty good term at Northwestern after he left Taylor. I'd say. So, Jim, looking back at your time covering Belmont Wrestling and Adams County Wrestling, what do you what do you remember as your your all time favorite memory? Well, some of them, besides the AJ interview, uh, of course, the Bill Schultz marched to a title where he never smiled all year long as he <laughs> wrestled in memory of his friend Kent Book in '77. Uh, that's hard to forget. I mean, it just didn't really matter who he was wrestling; he didn't care. And there was nothing they could do about it. You know, I, I remember that. It was an incredible deal. That was one of them. Uh, you know, the 79 team that came within a near fall of winning. Uh, that was great. And uh, Come on, Hoppy. AJ and I just put our hankies away after crying from that just a minute ago. So don't, don't be rubbing salt <laughs> in the wounds. Uh, you know, and I got a story about Denny Hayes in 85 if you want to hear it. Sure. Absolutely. Okay, 85. Belmont had a really good team, certainly good enough to win it all. Uh, but they had a few, uh, a few individual guys that uh, uh, had, had trouble with uh, staying straight. You know what I mean? Kind of. And uh, one, one, late in the year, uh, after a home meet, going into the tourney, uh, one of his players, uh, one of his top wrestlers uh, in the middleweights, was in a car wreck and wasn't going to be available the rest of the year. Denny really took it hard. After it was all over, he called me over, took me in the stands, and talked to me for 45 minutes why he couldn't take it anymore. You know, he did everything he could for these kids. 
you know, this is the thanks I get, the whole thing, you know, and, I, and I'm done. After this, after this tournament, I'm done. Well, of course, uh, I went right home and threw away all my notes, and it never came up again. <laughs> and I believe the next two years he won state. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I, I knew that he was just upset, and uh, I wasn't going to put him into a corner. Uh, that year they had a pretty good team end up, uh, what, Mickey Freak was second, and uh, they had some other good good guys down there, Hinkle Dyer and uh, Eddie uh, Thomas. Eddie Eddie, yeah. Yeah. Hey, um, Jim, uh, one of the things that I always uh, appreciate is that some of your photography, um, did you just really enjoy taking shots of wrestling matches that you spent a lot of time on the edge of the mat? Is it one of the sports that you enjoyed more than another one, per se? Yeah, I mean, I love the wrestling pictures more than anything because I could get right down there close to the mat. And, you know, you got all kinds of different things to take pictures of down there, and only a few of them you can't print. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I particularly like the wrestling, and I like to get the big move when it happened. You know, and, uh, uh, you know, if, if you have to be on the bottom when the Belmont wrestler or an AC wrestler uh, got you down and you appear on the on – the, sports page your front page is just tough luck right <laughs> jimmy i saw a picture that uh, our boy dane put into the latest edition of our uh, annual uh what would you call it dane the Me- media guide the media guide and it was of chris malin it looked like he had just hit a peterson on his favorite competitor from snyder and he knew he was going to win the match at that point. Right. And the and the picture of joy on his face after coming up short for two consecutive years was terrific. Yeah, that was neat. That that whole thing in '78 when he lost to that Goshen wrestler in the finals after beating him all year, he learned his lesson and uh, and saved a little bit for the Snyder kid in the in the state finals. That was really an interesting year. It was it was not a good year for Terry Burton. Uh, as he had four losses on the season, they were all to Chris Malin. <laughs> Terry Bird was yeah. tough, tough but as you, nails. Did you hear and... the story about uh, Malin's daughter later going to Snyder yeah. and uh, being in one of the classes, and that came up? Uh, I thought that was interesting yes. to hear him tell, tell about that. Yeah, Seth Condon had uh, Chris Malin's daughter in his class, and he walked her down to Terry Burton's room, and he walked in and said, <laughs> Mr. Burton, I'd like to introduce you to somebody. And he said, what's your name? He said, I'm so-and-so Malin. He goes, Get her out of my room. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jim, before we uh, say goodbye to you here and go to our next segment, I really want to thank you for all the work that you did covering uh, wrestling in Adams County. And uh, I know four or five years ago when you had kind of stepped away from things, uh, Eric Myers and a couple other people talked to me and said, you know, somebody's got to cover wrestling uh, and at least try <laughs> to do it 25% as good as Jim did. And uh, four or five years later, here I am sitting at your desk. 25%. And, and, doing, and doing your job now, and uh, it's really opened a lot of doors for me. And uh, I'm still using the camera that you gave me, and, and I just really appreciate all the guidance you gave me. Sure thing, man. It was, it was, a, it was a hoot. It was a blast. And I'd do it all over again, that's for sure. I, I just love the wrestling. Hey, somebody said that Duke is going to be in the lineup. Is this true? He is. He is in the sectional bracket at 170 pounds, and we're going to go through those brackets here at the end of our show, and it's going to be pretty exciting. I know that that Tim uh, is probably going to be in tears at some point on Saturday because it's been a long journey for him, and uh, we're really excited for Duke to get that opportunity. Well, I don't want to forget to mention Tim's uh, 
launch across the mat in uh, his sophomore year at what, 112? Or, uh, he, he jumped across the mat and tackled that kid uh, and got the state title. That was, a, that was a real thrill, too. And, Jimmy, we really appreciate you calling in and uh, st- uh, stick around and listen to our show, if you can, on a podcast and uh, catch yourself. And, uh, once again, we really appreciate all the work you put in uh, for all these hey, years. I'd rather listen to you guys than watch the meet because I can tell exactly what's happening by what, where you're describing it. So I'll, be, I'll be listening. Thanks, Jimmy. Take care, Jimmy, and enjoy the warm weather down in Texas. Hey, Cross, Cross Creek Golf Club is open on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays right now until the 1st of March, and then they're going to be open up every day. If you're interested in finding a way to raise some funds for your organization, your church, whatever it may be, Talk to Cross Creek. A golf scramble is a great way to raise some money. Let Cross Creek handle all the heavy lifting and help you make your outing a success. Pro Shop Hours, again, will be noon until 5, so if you don't reach Dennis, make sure to leave a message as those outing dates are going quickly. That's Cross Creek Golf Club at 724-4316, and it's located right here below the Double Eagle. All right, folks, it's time to put the scales away. The weigh-in section is over. We're going to send it back to studio. Steve Rouse running the board for us. We'll be back after a round of messages with more wrestling talk. Independently owned and operated, Haggard Sefton Hershey and Zelt Funeral Home, located in the heart of downtown Decatur, has been serving the funeral needs of Adams County and the surrounding area for over 114 years. Whether it's at need, a prearrangement, or a monument sale, our small staff is here to provide comfort in your time of need and make our home feel like an extension of your home as we assist you in honoring the life of your loved one. Hi, this is Jessie from Heller Nursery. Heller Nursery is located four miles west of Decatur in between 224 and 124 on 400 West. We are open all winter long. Come check out our large selection of houseplants. We have snake plants, succulents, ficus, and so many more. Heller Nursery is always a season ahead so stop in during the winter months to plan for spring. New crops are available weekly. Check out Heller Nursery's Facebook page for current selection and specials. We are open seven days a week, year-round. Enjoy neighborhood living and peace of mind for your family in a two-bedroom, one-bedroom, or studio apartment at Adams Woodcrest Assisted Living. New address, new home, new life with household amenities including menu choices and times tailored to your liking. A family room with fireplace and bistro laundry and housekeeping services. A state-of-the-art response system and medication reminders are included, too, at Adams Woodcrest Assisted Living, 1300 Mercer Avenue in Decatur. For a private tour, call 260-728-4038. Welcome back to Hagerstephan and Hershey Zelt High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by the Double Eagle here at Cross Creek. Once again, we're live from the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill, Rex Brewer, along with Dane Filling and Dane. And in the first period now, we're joined by our special guest, the one, the only... The red plaid suited Afro hair man from uh, Adams County, Bruce Teamy. Welcome, Bruce. Well, thank you, Dan. I think you guys got a little carried away on that interview. Well, right? mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all right. We got to pump. We got to pump our fan, our our guests up. You know, we got to give everything. And you know, Bruce, we talk about you know the Bruce Teamy story, and you're one of those guys that uh, wrestled hard for three years, and and the team in front of you was just really loaded up, and then your senior year, you come out. And you, you really succeed, and people say, where'd that guy come from? Hey, he's a guy that's been beating up on these guys all year long in the practice room the last three years and just gets it into the uh, lineup. So that's what we call the Bruce Teamy story. 
So, yeah, yeah, my story that what it amounted to is uh, I didn't. We didn't have junior high wrestling back then. It wasn't available for me, but for these other guys, they all wrestled in junior high. So the only experience I had was because my brother wrestled. Well, my brother Phil, everybody thought, well, since he was a good wrestler, I was supposed to be an outstanding wrestler. Well, <laughs> it took me a little while to get there, but I finally finally got it done. What you don't realize, I never wrestled a, a varsity match till my senior year. And I went on to kind of outdo the rest of the team. So you were the highest placing member of that team. Was that 1975? Is that the right year? It was, yeah, 75. 75. And, uh, and, you, and like you said, you never had a junior high career. So your first experience in wrestling was in ninth grade? Yeah. Is that yeah. correct? Okay. So did you have a, a basketball career in middle school? Well. At some I, point? I, I played. Let's put it that way. <laughs> okay. It, it wasn't. So you come into ninth grade at Belmont, and uh, who were your coaches? Well, back then we had a freshman coach. We had a whole, we had a whole freshman team. There was 12 weight classes at that time, and we had a whole freshman team. It was another quite an accomplishment. And... Uh, well, at that time, the head coach was Ken Webb. Okay. And then A.J. was the assistant. Well, since we had a freshman team, they needed another coach, so they had the football coach, Al Harris, actually coached us our freshman year. And, and so who were you behind uh, in your sophomore and junior year that you weren't able to wrestle varsity? Well, my uh, sophomore year, there was a guy by the name of Dave Shirak which everybody knows anything about wrestling remembers Dave Shirak. So that's kind of held me back on that that year. And then um, uh, my junior year, then I had a, it was a Grant Porter, which is one of your boat factory people, <laughs> and he had a brother, Wayne Porter, was in my class. Well, that was... That was the one. See, yeah, that had been my junior year then. That it, or no, that my uh, sophomore year. My junior year then was Victor Beer, which Victor Beer and I, we were wrestling partners all along, all the way through anyhow. Well, I always said Victor Beer was one of them guys that was a six-foot whatnot. You know, he's all arms and legs. And how do you wrestle somebody like that? Well... We've got a picture here of Victor Beer next to Peachy Ocampo in the front row there. Oh, yep. From that year. Now, Bruce, I think from me being a younger kid in junior high watching that team wrestle, I think that those kids succeeded because they were so mean. Those guys were just Peachy Ocampo <laughs> and Victor Beer. Oh. And then, I mean, those guys, I mean, they had some talent, but they were just downright mean and aggressive, and they just whooped on people. Yep, but I guess I was kind of a mild-mannered one. I wasn't that mean, so I guess maybe that's what took me so long to get there to get to the varsity level. So you finally got into the varsity lineup your senior year. Uh, what matches do you remember from the regular season? You were showing me earlier uh, a newspaper clipping of the match against Adam Central. Was that at Belmont or at AC? That that was uh, at at Belmont. And it said 3,200 people were in attendance? And they... Uh, they had to fold out. They had, you know, your normal side bleachers pulled out, but 
after those got about full, they had to open the whole the ends up, and yeah, there was. They estimated between three thousand to thirty-two hundred fans there. Now, if a guy can't get up for that, do you remember who you wrestled that night? I wrestled a guy by the name of Rick Feigter. If anybody knows wrestling, there's a, quite a Feigter family. That's well, the one the last one just graduated here. Yeah, they last they year. hold the most wins for a family in for the state of Indiana. This, this, so this was the oldest brother. There, at the time, there was three brothers that had wrestled. And this was the oldest one. And uh, he was undefeated that night. So was I. And, uh, well, I ended up coming out. Victorious? I, I won that match. Put it that way. But him and I kind of had a tangle in two more times after that. Well, then he kind of. Kind of got the upper end on me then, but... Well, we've got an extra special uh, guest here in the restaurant, and uh, his name's John, and he wanted us to tell you that it was Rick Feichter who won the very first AC sectional. Uh, he was the very first sectional champion for Adam Central. Now, is that against you? Uh, unfortunately, so, yes, that was... So Bruce gave AC their first sectional title. Yes, I didn't... I didn't... I, yeah, I didn't win so the in sectional. That, and that's right, you didn't. Uh, so in that in that format, then they would have taken the top two from sectional. Top two. And yeah, sectional yeah. was held at at Belmont. At Belmont. We had, we had it at Belmont. Yeah. And then you advanced to regional, and where was that at? It was at Northside High School in in Fort Wayne. And you you had to win the regional then. So they took to, top two from sectional, but then you had to win the you regional. You had to win the regional. So did you wrestle? Did you wrestle Feekter at regional? Or he didn't make it that far. He didn't. He didn't make it that far. I was, okay. I was standing there warming up, watching his match, and he gets caught. I think it's a headlock, and he got pinned. And I, man, talk about a guy getting <laughs> excited, getting wound up. I remember my coat went flying, the warm ups went flying, and so that, the, so then after regional, it was a, it was directly to state. Direct, yeah. And then yeah. it was at Southport. That was at Southport. Now we have multiple people in attendance who were there to watch you. One of them, my father, who's joined us here yes. <laughs> tonight yep, and traveled to traveled to Southport, 1975. How many wrestlers were there per weight class then? You had there was eight eight in a weight class. You had eight regionals came in there, so and it was all eight, it was all, all on a Saturday. I assume it yeah. was one day, and you had to win the first round of medal. Uh, that was the first year. They had wrestlebacks. Okay. So if you, if you lost your first match and that guy moved on, was, then you got to wrestle. It was back. follow your leader back then. Okay. Yep. And unfortunately, I had a state champion from the year before. In the first round. The first round, and Peachy or yeah, Peachy Campbell had wrestled him last year. Well, it was only like one or two points that he got beat by. Well. I wasn't as good as Peachy, so I knew I thought I was in trouble. Who was that, Bruce? Who'd you wrestle that first round? Douglas Outlaw. Dougie Outlaw. You probably Rex, you probably remember him from officiating. Yeah, he refereed. Refereeing forever. But yeah, I had him the first round. But well, at least we thought, well, by God, I I'll be able to wrestle back then. Yeah. So. Yes, I'd, I. So then you got another opportunity to wrestle, and you won your next match. And then I won my next match, and yep. that got you the medal because so they only placed the top four, top right? Top four, yeah. And then he wrestled a, a young man from uh, 
uh, Logansport, Ted Pataskal, that the, the Pataskal family, uh, long legendary. Their father was the, the coach there for years, and uh, I, refer, I wrestled with his, the youngest son, Frank, for many tournaments in the summertime, and uh, that's a great family. And uh, he, he's a class act and a good good person. I mean, did you know him very much after that, Bruce? Yes, as a matter of fact, I've talked to him different times. I think he's still – does he still coach at Logansport? No, Frank uh, – Frank, Went to Florida, and then he came back, and he, and he coached for a little while, and I don't think he's part of the, the uh, program anymore. So, Bruce, after your wrestling career, uh, obviously you got into helping out Sean a couple of years ago. Uh, do you have any other experience with the coaching, or how did you end up helping Sean in the middle school? Well, what got me started helping Sean is my grandson was in the program in in the junior high area. I, I I started his sixth grade year, and I thought, well, I wanted to see if I could could help him or at least be there to and coach you, him on. And, and you uh, also worked with Marcus Ocampo, who coached as an assistant with AJ for many years at Lures. And uh, I, you, I think you played a really big role, you and Marcus and Sean, in this current team's uh, progression as wrestlers. Well, I'm I'm glad to hear that. I, I didn't realize I was that much an influence on the kids, but I guess I, I don't know, maybe yelling at them once in a while or what. Uh, I think especially especially this junior class, I think they all uh, appreciate the time that you put in and, and the knowledge that you gave them and, and, the, and the talks. And uh, some of them ended up working for your brother Phil over the summer the last couple of years. Yeah, I'd... I seen them guys out there different times. I'd go steal Phil's tractor, and so I usually had to talk to them and pick on them. And I thought, well, they're getting a good workout out there anyhow. So, Bruce, you've you've been to so many matches and so many tournaments, and it was nothing for me if if I was refereeing still to uh, be someplace. And I thought, yeah, there's nobody around. And I'd see I'd see Bruce Teamy walk in up in the top with his pillow, and I was like, here's Bruce, 50 miles away from home on a Tuesday night, watching two teams that. You know, nobody else thinks they'd care about, and here's Bruce just because he wanted to come watch good wrestling. Yeah, just, yep, yeah, we want to watch the good wrestling. There you go. I, 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 Rex, <laughs> I have a story for you. Last year, um, my wife and I spent two Fridays in January going to the girls' state finals, both the regional and the finals. Bruce, of course, was there for, for both of them. And uh, we went, we watched, we watched Trinity Coin reach the the state championship match and she got pinned in the first period and she came up after she cried a little bit in the hallways and she came and she sat down in the front row sean was there uh, i was there joe rubel was there there's a bunch of people from the team there was only one person who sat down next to her put their arm around her and she cried into his shoulder and that was bruce <laughs> teamy and i think that just says a lot about the the impact that he's had on that junior class trinity you know one of them uh you know to go all the way to, where was that last year? Kokomo. 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 To just see two Belmont wrestlers wrestle. And, you know, they were uh, three of the four matches, I think, were first period pins. But uh, Bruce was there. And, Bruce, how, how long is your current streak at the state finals? When was the last time you missed? Well, this will be 49 years. And it's, I'm not sure what's going to happen here. Well, we may have to ask the commissioner. <laughs> When he calls in next week and tell him we got a guy who's ready to have 49 years in a row, we need one ticket. Give him an official job. There's enough other wrestling coaches around the state, and a coach association gets those guys in uh, with free passes to do odd odd jobs around there. I think Bruce could find a, a 
non-paid job just to get him in the door. So we'll talk more about Bruce's streak and uh, his story about the Decatur Wrestling Club and a few other things after the podcast. But uh, as of right now, I'm going to tell you that one of the many civic-minded sponsors for this year's Coaches Show is the Weber family. Brad, Mary, and Blake Weber know the value of organized (laughs) sports in our community and have volunteered to help sponsor these broadcasts. We'd like to give a huge shout-out to the Weber family along with all of our sponsors and helping make our Wrestling Coaches Show a reality. So if you get a chance, please patronize our sponsors and give the Webbers a heartfelt thanks. Once again, we'll send it back to the studio for some commercials played with uh, Steve Rouse. We'll be back with uh, the second period right after this. When you're doing new construction or remodeling and you need drywall, the name to call is Paul Baker Drywall. Paul Baker Drywall does championship caliber work and gives you free estimates. Paul uses all the latest styles for your approval and his work is always guaranteed. Give Paul a call today at 701-4388. That's 701-4388. When it's time for drywall, use the best. Paul Baker Drywall. Get in, get out, get better. Get healthy in every way. For all your non-emergency medical needs and minor injuries and illnesses, Adams Memorial Hospital offers StatCare. Staffed with people you know and trust, Monday through Friday from 7.30 a.m. to 8.30 p.m. and Saturday and Sunday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. with no appointment necessary. Patients should use the emergency department entrance for this safe, convenient, and affordable care. Independently owned and operated, Haggard Sefton Hershey and Zelt Funeral Home, located in the heart of downtown Decatur, has been serving the funeral needs of Adams County and the surrounding area for over 114 years. Whether it's at need, a prearrangement, or a monument sale, our small staff is here to provide comfort in your time of need and make our home feel like an extension of your home as we assist you in honoring the life of your loved one. Welcome back to the Hager Sefton Hershey Zelt High School Wrestling Weekly as the first period has ended, and now we're into the second period. And, uh, Dane, you have in your hand a very secret package right there. Oh, I don't know how much more secret it is, but uh, we were just discussing that in a nine-team sectional with uh, a couple of teams that struggle to fill a full lineup, there's not a whole lot of mystery after the seating meeting as the coaches know who's seated where. And in most weight classes, there's only six or seven guys, so... A lot of these draws really aren't that mysterious, but still definitely worth uh, talking about. And um, the sectional format really hasn't changed um, since we moved to Jay County. This has been, I think, 19 years now that we've been at Jay County. Talking about 1974-75, it was how many teams were at Belmont, do you think? We We had nine teams for the sectional. Okay, and you took the top two. And then eventually there was the transition to just... The Adams and Wells County schools. At Adams Central. At Adams Central, which was five, and then eventually six schools once Southern Wells came, and then they, you took top two. And then what they basically did then in year in the year 2002, I think. I think it was 02 or 03, one of the two. Then they took, they took two sectionals, basically, and they merged them into one. Which it, need, it needed to be done. Because there used to be three, and, or there used to be four team sectionals, right? Yeah. And so they put those together, and we've had the same format ever since. And our sectional hasn't changed in those 19 years. It'd be the exact same nine teams since uh, John Sheets and Andrew Scheiman were juniors and seniors, I think it was. So uh, at 106 pounds, your number one seed is Cody now we got Rowles. Rowles. Okay, we want to get that right. He's 28-1, one of that great class of freshmen for Jake County. 
And uh, Bryce Rickard from Belmont is the number four seed, and he will have an immediate rematch with Finn Meyer from Adams Central. Rickard beat Meyer in the dual meet uh, when I was on my COVID vacation, and you and AJ had the call. On the other side of the bracket is the three seed Caden Davidson from South Adams. He's 15 and six. Caden Smithley is 16 and six, and the two seed from Norwell. At 113 pounds, it's Ike Rubel all the way as the number one seed. He's ranked third in the state. He's 15 and 0. He'll get a forfeit in the first round as there are only five wrestlers in this weight class. So Eddie Everett is in the bracket. We haven't seen him since he hurt his foot. Uh, not sure if we're going to see him or not. Uh, the four seed is Connor Dryband, who Isaac uh, Rubel has beaten twice in the last 10 days. Colt Bolenbacher is somebody who entered the lineup for South Adams and has gotten a lot better this year. He's a freshman. He's the three seed at 17 and 6. And Tay Curtis, the younger brother of Braden Curtis from Jay County, is the two seed and the ACAC champ from last weekend. At 120 pounds, if I can get my fingers separated here, Tony Wood from Jay County is the number one seed. He's 28 and 3. Austin Lewis from Bluffton is 14 and 2. There are, again, just six wrestlers in this weight class. So Stevens from Norwell will wrestle Josh Collier in the opening round. Collier is the four seed. Silas Loshi is the three seed, and he'll face Tate Krukeberg, who has uh, not won yet in just four matches uh, for Belmont as he is in the 120-pound weight class. Tough spot for the freshman to come in, not really expecting to wrestle varsity, and then all of a sudden the coach tells you, hey, you're the only eligible wrestler at this weight. And you have to bump up. Yeah, and you're like, oh, okay, well, um, I guess I'm in. At 126 pounds, a returning state qualifier, Landon Birch, is the number one seed at 12-0 from Bluffton. He's got Logan Allman, the second seed on the other side of the bracket. Logan is 27-2. We have seven wrestlers from this weight class. Blake Luganbill is going to get a third shot at Max Walker over the course of 11 days, Rex. And the first time we saw it, it was 5 to nothing. Walker beat Luganbill. And then last week at Huntington North, it was 1 to nothing. So I think it's a great draw for Luganbill to make Walker beat him three times in 11 days. He's got two full matches of, of film to watch, and uh, that, that would be a really big win for Belmont and for Luganbill as uh, Belmont's going to really look to get all 14 guys to advance to regional. Ethan Riley is the three seed. He's a state qualifier from last year uh, and is the three seed. Logan Bauman then is the six seed for South Adams. He's 13 and 11. At 132 pounds, W. Litchfield is the top seed. Cameron Clark uh, from Jay County is the two seed, 22-2, and two, also a freshman. Litchfield beat Clark at Team State at the Coliseum. This is one of just two weight classes with nine wrestlers in the field. So a full bracket. So we will have a rat tail match between Ben James, a freshman from Southern Wells, and Brody Lewis from Bluffton. Um, James did not wrestle at the ACAC is, I think, Rex, they have just one. They had one at the ACAC. They just had one. I think they have five or six entered for sectional. Some of that was quarantine. So Evan McAfee is the four seed. Brian Hernandez from Blackford is the three seed. He's 18-2. and two. And Grayson Williams from South Adams is unseeded and will wrestle Cameron Clark in the opening round. Grayson Williams, somebody who actually wrestled at Muncie Central at the beginning of the year and then uh, transferred over from our friend uh, A.J. Bradley. At 138 pounds, then, it's R.J. Heskett from Jay County, who's the top seed. Maverick Somerset is the two, and Calvin Farot is the three. Uh, I thought that we had a very good um, tournament from Calvin Farot. He was right there with Jarrett Forrester. You know, Jarrett Forrester still only has one loss this year. Um, 
Obviously, Ferrot was right with them in the very opening match of the year and Calvin's last match of the year. We saw it was 3-3. They were on their feet. Uh, Forrester got hit with that, uh, what was it? It was locking hands. Yep. From their feet was an interesting call. I don't, you know, usually when, you're, when you get called for locking hands, you're the guy on well, top. No, he got called for an illegal hold because he double underhooked and locked his hands in the center back. You have to lock them underneath the armpit, so he got called for an illegal hold. And it was a little bit, it was a little bit controversial to me because it didn't, they didn't immediately stop the match. And they went five, six, seven seconds after that, uh, sort of like a, a locking hands call where it was a free move. And I think from the Belmont perspective, it was blow the whistle immediately, give him the point, and let them break that illegal hold so that he's got more time to get his takedown. Well, that situation, Lars Puentes was on the backside. He saw the, the hold, called it, and he was trying to get uh, Tyrone's attention. And by the time that he did get his attention, like I said, eight, eight seconds ticked off, but it's like bad time. You, you just have to leave it. Right. Uh, Dakota Perry then is the uh, five seed for Adam Central. He's 12 and 11 and a freshman. At 145 pounds, David Kahn, Rex, his only loss, he's 19-1, and one, came to Calvin Farrell in the match that we covered two weeks ago to give you an idea of how well Calvin is wrestling right now. Evan Watt from Blackford slips into that two-seed spot, um, and I think that's a good draw for Garrett Manley because I think that 11-1 and one mark from Blackford is not going to hold up against the, the record that, that Garrett Manley and the, the strength of his schedule. So I look for Manley to make the finals there. Cashton Reynolds, I don't know how he has 17 losses, this year, we've seen him wrestle so many good guys. He's, he's had a really good season as a sophomore. Uh, he's going to be wrestling Ian Reese Reese from Jay <clears throat> County, who is a junior. Those two are the four and the five seeds, as there are eight wrestlers in this bracket. So if Reynolds beats Reese, he'll wrestle Khan in the semis. If Manley beats the Southern Wells wrestle Cameron Grove, then he will wrestle the winner of Clayton Troush from South Adams or Evan Watt. This at least lets the boss know we did our homework. We did. We listened to the email that was sent to us. Now, the big surprise, the biggest surprise of the night, other than maybe Duke Myers making the bracket, was that at 152 pounds, rather than just having Alex Curry and A.J. Dahl, we are also now having to include Blaine Daniels, who um, was at Jay County two years ago and beat Alex Curry his freshman year. he never made an official scratch weight uh, following the weight management program at 145 pounds. So our good friend, Mr. Falcons, told him, no, no, you're going to have to wrestle 152 pounds. So now you've got 30-2 and two, Alex Curry as the one, A.J. Dahl 23-2, and two, the two, and Blaine Daniels 16-1 and one as the three seed. So as, as a wrestling coach, you don't realize that your wrestlers never made scratch weight at 45 all season long? Well, you have to enter all of these weigh-ins into a computer, and they tell you that you have, a, you have followed the weight management program. And if you lose too much too soon, you can still wrestle that night, but it doesn't count as a quality weigh-in because it didn't mm-hmm. follow the percentage loss, and that's what happened. Okay. So there was a mistake made, and, and he wasn't eligible to go 45. So that certainly makes 52 more interesting. Throws a wrench into the gears for sure. It does. So Cameron Gage then is the number four seed from Jay County. He beat Luke Litchfield at Team State um, for Belmont. Luke Litchfield lost the, the wrestle-off to Mason Myers. So Mason Myers actually falls all the way down to the sixth seed. Uh, he was six and three. You need ten matches for your win percentage to count according to the rules. So he couldn't go on win percentage, and he didn't have any head-to-heads with any of these guys. So he falls to six and gets Blaine Daniels in the very first match. Uh, that's going to be a very deep weight class, and uh, it, I could see that easily being a class at 152. You know, I'd have to look at who it is at the other sectional. But uh, easily a class that could go uh, 
4-0 at regional. At 160 pounds, Eli Johnson is the top seed. Isaac Freet is number two. Um, Caden Funk is the four seed. Blake Pruitt from Jay County, the number three seed. South Adams has a forfeit at 160 pounds. Then at 170 pounds, the way I understand it, Trevor Curry was uh, given the number one seed, 26-5, and five, a great season, ACAC champ. And then when it came down to it, uh, they threw Duke Myers' name out there, and enough coaches at the seeding meeting said, yeah, we don't want Duke Myers wrestling uh, unseeded. And he's going to make his Belmont debut as the two seed. His first opponent's going to be Chris Kramer, a freshman, 7-12 and 12 from Bluffton. And uh, if he wins, he's likely to wrestle Hudson Kahn from Norwell. On the other side of the bracket, then, uh, South Adams has a forfeit. At 182 pounds, another really good weight class. You've got Isaiah Bragi. He's undefeated from Norwell, and he's the two seed. That's because Christian Somerset is a returning semi-state quarterfinalist. He's 26-1. and one. He's the one seed. You've got Brandon Wright from Union City, who's the three seed, 20-6. and six. He's going to wrestle Alec Mowry in the opening match. And if you remember, Alec Mowry had a kid from Union City last year with two or three losses, and uh, Alec beat him in the round to go to regional. So if I'm Union City, I'm thinking, oh, no, not this kid again. Well, I, I can see Somerset's uh, number one seed because his only loss came when he bumped up to 95. To 95, to the kid from Concordia. Very and they had no head-to-head, so I, I can understand that, that Definitely. number one seed. At 95, Blake Hirely is undefeated in your number one seed. Our boy Henry Kukulhan, 11-3. and three. He's the two seed from Belmont, and he's going to wrestle Thomas Murphy from South Adams in the very first round. Uh, Ramon Bravo, 23-3, and three, didn't wrestle it at ACAC, but Henry beat him at Team State. He's the three seed. Eric Tariquez from Union City, the four. At 220 pounds, another one seed for South Adams. Jacob Plattner's 18-3. and three. Tyler Luther from Norwell did not wrestle against uh, Belmont or at the NE8. He's 17-6 and six in the two seed. Zane Botkins is the four. And he's going to get a rematch against Connor Specht. Botkins beat Specht at Team State. So that's the 4-5 matchup. And Cody Lotzenheiser, who looked pretty good uh, at the ACAC, he's the sixth seed, and he'll wrestle Cameron Farmer from Bluffton. Then finally, the big boys at 285. Carter Lewis is your one seed. Dalton Robinson, the two, as there are just uh, one, two, three, four. There's only five wrestlers in this weight class. And um, Peyton Bennett from Jay County, who Dalton pinned at Team State, he's the three seed, and Southern Wells has a freshman who's six and five. He's the four seed. So that's your rundown, Rex. So, Dan, that's a good wrap-up, and the third period has now ended, and we're going to send it back to the studio for a round of messages played back there, and we'll be back with uh, the overtime section right after this. Looking for a trusted name in home or farm insulation? Ted Sprunger Insulation has been taking care of families in our area since 1978. When it comes to spraying foam and cellulose insulation, Ted Sprunger Insulation can't be beat for service or price. Give them a call today at 273-5068 or at 824-3021. That's 273-5068 or 824-3021. Ted Sprunger Insulation. Hi, this is Jesse from Heller Nursery. Heller Nursery is located four miles west of Decatur in between 224 and 124 on 400 West. We are open all winter long. Come check out our large selection of houseplants. We have snake plants, succulents, ficus, and so many more. Heller Nursery is always a season ahead, so stop in during the winter months to plan for spring. New crops are available weekly. Check out Heller Nursery's Facebook page for current selection and specials. We are open seven days a week, year-round. 
You don't always need an attorney, but when you do, the man to call is Brad Weber. Brad has extensive experience in most legal matters and will help you make your problems disappear. Keep this number handy, 452-7045. That's 452-7045. You just never know when you'll need the services of an experienced litigator like Brad Weber. Welcome back to the Haggard Stephan Hershey Zelt High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by the Double Eagle here at Cross Creek. Rex Moore along with Dane Filling, and uh, we're still joined by our special guest, Bruce Teamy. And Rex, we just heard the uh, entire rundown of the Jay County sectional brackets, and i got to tell you, a lot of those names sound familiar because they wrestle uh, for Tim Myers at Madman Wrestling Academy outside of the season. And uh, Madman Wrestling Academy, one of our sponsors here for High School Wrestling Weekly. And as soon as the high school season gets over, a lot of those boys who wrestle for Bluffton or Adams Central or even New Haven and Belmont, they're going to stop competing against each other and start practicing with each other up in the Belmont Wrestling Room. And uh, if you want to get your wrestler ready for the upcoming um, ISWA Folk Style State, he's got uh, an intensive camp for that. Tim's got a really nice setup. Uh, he's got a code of conduct that he has his kids um, read and sign, the parents. And um, it's, not, uh, it's not for the faint-hearted. It's uh, if you really want to get better and you want to be serious about wrestling and you want to do more than just show up to club you know, twice a week and, and fool around for an hour and a half, uh, it's the real deal. And he's got the, the results to prove it. State medalists in the past. He's got uh, Landon Birch, Alex Curry, all those guys. Joined the Belmont guys. Um, lots of guys from New Haven, Leo. Uh, and it's kind of a, a unique experience. Bruce, do you ever remember being just teammates and buddies with the guys from Adams Central or South Adams, or did you just want to beat their face in? Well, we never had anything like that where you were compete, just practicing against. Like I know. That. When we had Tony Curry on here last year, uh, he, that was the first thing he said. He said, man, when I was in high school, all I wanted to do was beat Belmont kids. That's all I wanted to do. And he says, now half of, of – uh, Alex's friends are, are from Belmont, and they've got that, that connection because of baseball and with Mad Men and those types of things. So kind of a unique uh, dynamic there. You know, things do change, Dane. Believe it or not, things change. Yes, they do, Rex. <laughs> so we want to spend the third period, uh, what little time we got left here, talking a little bit about Team State. And we've got a couple of updates, and they've been posted on Indiana Map. Uh, they have nailed down the date for next year. Team State for next year, all four classes, will be on January 8th, 2022. They're not attempting the New Year's Day uh, tournament. I that would have been a bad idea. No, wouldn't it? I mean, Bruce and I aren't doing anything on New Year's Day. Let's have it then. Bruce, I don't have a problem with that. Might as well. Yep, I don't do anything. There you go. But I think, the, I think the goal is that that becomes the dedicated date. And because of the calendar finally rolling through and January 1st being on a Saturday, I think they'd like to keep it in that window. Of course, the IHSAA has a calendar with corresponding weeks where everything goes, you know, for the, for the sectional and that kind of thing. But uh, there's still a lot of discussion on venue. A lot of people like the setup this year with 1A and 2A being at the Coliseum and 3A and 4A being at their own spots. There's definitely something to be said. As we mentioned earlier, a team involved being the host uh, because they have access to workers and, and they already have the mats there and you get a home crowd. I think ticket sales are important to keep this uh, tournament viable. So that's certainly something that, that, that they're looking at, that the committee's looking at. But because of this year in COVID, uh, we're also looking at how do we make sure that next year 
the best teams get in. Of course, we know Jay County had a great tournament. They finished third. They beat Western, who uh, was the number one seed two years ago, was seeded top three or four. Um, they came in. They weren't even eligible to be voted in in 2A last year. They got invited because two teams backed out. Newcastle was in quarantine, and then all of a sudden Jay County's there fighting for a top four spot. So how do we avoid that going forward? It's not a perfect system. There's a lot of issues going on with it. But um, we're going to be joined here in a minute or two, and I'll let Rex go ahead and, and, and dial him in. Anthony Snyder's the head coach at Bremen High School, and uh, he's got a little story to tell our listeners and to talk about because uh, Bremen has been quarantined for the sectional tournament, and their entire varsity team is not going to be able to compete. Hello. So, Hello, Coach Snyder? Yes. Rex Bruin, Dane Philly, and calling in from the Haggard Stephan Hershey Zelt High School Wrestling Weekly. And uh, we just got to the point, and uh, Dane was ex- kind of explaining the situation that happened. And it's the kind of the uh, curse we've thought about all season long to think, could this really happen? And, and I guess you have the story to tell about it. Yeah. So, Am I good to go now? Yeah, yep, you're, you're good. good to go. Why don't you lay it out there for us? All right. So our <clears throat> entire season, we've been – obviously battling COVID, but in the Bremen community for wrestling, we haven't had issues from the time that the season started up until a few weeks ago, we had our first case and uh, that, that one kid tested positive. He wasn't at practice that entire week that he did test positive. And then the following week we had another kid wrestled at the conference um, Came in on Monday, wasn't feeling very well. Held him out of practice, tested positive on that Tuesday. Um, wasn't around any of the kids. Um, and then as the week went on, we had a dual meet, a triple duel with Warsaw and North Judson scheduled. And as I was on my way to the school, because I don't work at the school, I'm a lay coach, but as I was on my way to the school, I got an email from my AD, and he's like, hey, we just got another positive test um can't have any of the coaches there uh and that that was like a dagger to my heart man because we've been preaching from the time we took over this program in 2017 when we had three kids in the entire program and we built it back to having a full lineup this year we went eight and three it's our first winning season as coaches at bremen we were having a heck of a year and then, bam, they just tell us everyone's quarantined, sectionals next week, nobody can wrestle, except for one varsity kid who had COVID earlier in the year, and he's the only one. And then we have another kid, a JV wrestler, that can wrestle at the sectional. So we have two that can go to the sectional next, or this Saturday out of the 14 weight classes that we have a full lineup in. So Rex, Coach Snyder emailed me as part of the Team State Committee and, and immediately said, you know, what can we do? Uh, obviously, Bremen is not going to qualify in the traditional way. Uh, I've heard from Coach Bumgardner from Wawasee who emailed me completely separately, I think, from Coach Snyder and said, hey, something's got to give here because this isn't fair to this team. They're going to be a great team. They would have gotten great seeds. They would have advanced a ton of guys to regional. And in 1A, we know that having a full lineup with a bunch of underclassmen getting out of sectional, you know, a lot of times that's enough points to get you in that vote-in range. 
And so uh, Coach Snyder's proactiveness and uh, working with uh, Coach Ratliff at Edgewood, Adrian Troyer, who's in charge of the formulas, uh, I think in the next couple days you're going to see a a process for teams this year only to put forth their argument saying, hey, this is what happened. Our guys were out because of COVID. This is who our guy beat. You know, we beat these two guys who were both regional qualifiers. Our kid's record was 25 and 6. You know, he would have been at that level. And uh, we're going to be able to consider teams that go through this because, unfortunately, I I think Coach Snyder is not going to be the only one who deals with it. And we may not hear about it this week. There may be teams who are fine through sectional, but then they're going to get that call next week on Monday or Tuesday, and they're not going to be able to compete at regional and all. They're going to be, there's going to be seven or eight forfeits at those weight classes, and they'll bring in the alternates. Uh, but it's going to screw up that, that sort of qualifying system. So I really appreciate Coach Snyder bringing it to light before the tournament started because we've already gotten the ball rolling as to how can we consider teams who are affected by COVID and not have their seasons next year negatively affected by it when it's already ruined uh, this year. And the other thing I really appreciate about Coach Snyder is I think you can hear, especially when you talk to some of these 1A coaches, Team State means something to these programs. This coach has built his entire program around qualifying for you know, Team State. He's got kids in his room just for that tournament, and I think we need to respect that and not just – push those teams aside and say, well, tough luck, try again next year. I think we need to embrace those teams who are really going after that format. Well, with lots of rules changing for this COVID year, I would think nothing else but to uh, alter the rules, get, make special dispensation, and, uh, and use that to uh, understand what was going to happen and uh, make the rules change accordingly. Well, Coach, we thank you for joining us, and uh, we certainly hope that your team gets the, the consideration that it deserves and, uh, and if you do make it to Team State next year in 1A, we're, we're excited to see you there. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Well, Coach, uh, before you get away, I'll tell you, I have a little Bremen connection. I wrestled with uh, two guys in college up at uh, Southwestern Michigan College and Mike Malbash and Terry, and, uh, Terry Harris, a couple of old Bremen guys that uh, I was pretty good friends with for a couple of years up there. That's awesome. All right, Coach, uh, thanks for calling in. And uh, I know that Dane and his team will uh, make sure that uh, – you would get a fair shake in the in the uh, rankings. Thank you, guys. I appreciate everything that you guys do. Take Thanks, care. Thanks, Coach. So, Rex, before we go to uh, our overtime period, I want to tell you that uh, Trevor Gray, auctioneer and realtor from uh, Crookenburg Auction Realty, is proud to support Adams County Wrestling. Give Trevor a call if you've got a property to sell, if you're looking to buy, 223-7503. Here we were promoting that property over on Winchester Road on the river and. Trevor sold it in the first day, and we were plugging it for two or three dual meets. So, Selling like hotcakes, Dane. <laughs> Check him out online. All of his listings are on there. And if you uh, aren't looking for real estate but you're looking for uh, a new toy, you need a new truck, obviously there's always auctions over at Crookerberg Auction Realty, and he's got a couple of real estate auctions in February also. With that, we're going to send it back to the studio. Steve Rouse running aboard for us. We'll be back with our overtime period right after this. Know the warning signs. Know the difference and get help fast. Call 911 immediately if you experience these symptoms of stroke. Numbness or weakness of face, arm, or leg. Trouble speaking or seeing. Dizziness or loss of balance. Sudden severe headache. Symptoms of heart attack including chest pain, lightheadedness, nausea, jaw, neck, stomach, or back pain. Pain in the arm or shoulder or shortness of breath. Don't take a chance with your health. 
allow Adams Memorial Hospital to safely serve you. Independently owned and operated, Haggard Sefton Hershey and Zelt Funeral Home, located in the heart of downtown Decatur, has been serving the funeral needs of Adams County and the surrounding area for over 114 years. Whether it's at need, a prearrangement, or a monument sale, our small staff is here to provide comfort in your time of need and make our home feel like an extension of your home as we assist you in honoring the life of your loved one. Enjoy neighborhood living and peace of mind for your family in a two-bedroom, one-bedroom, or studio apartment at Adams Woodcrest Assisted Living. New address, new home, new life with household amenities including menu choices and times tailored to your liking. A family room with fireplace and bistro, laundry and housekeeping services. A state-of-the-art response system and medication reminders are included too at Adams Woodcrest Assisted Living, 1300 Mercer Avenue in Decatur. For a private tour, call 260-728-4038. Welcome back to the Haggard Sefton Hershey Zelt High School Wrestling Weekly, and I'm glad that uh, I waited long enough that Landon Ginth could make it back to his chair and uh, didn't miss anything. That's the kind of consideration we have for our guests, Rex. So uh, before we forget, we want to thank all of our sponsors, Adams Memorial, Woodcrest, Heller Nursery, Paul Baker Drywall, and uh, all the live spots that we've read on air. And we want to go through WZBD's schedule for the rest of the week. But before you do that, our, one of our guests call in. He failed to mention that one of his other great moments uh, – in uh, wrestling was when uh, Troy Roy uh, Troy Rowe from uh, AC won a state championship, and uh, said, "Remember Doc Doan stitching up his lip, and he just put some tape on it, and he ended up being a state champion." That was one of the big memories for Hopper. Doc Doan finds his way in a lot of our stories <laughs> as we go back through things. So uh, the rest of the week here on WZBD, we've got radio auction Thursday night. I hope you didn't miss last week's Rex. Did you get any deals? I did not get anything i i i didn't either but this week i may on friday night we've got heritage and ac basketball uh, boys basketball that starts at seven then on saturday you've got the high school basketball coaches show that's going to start at seven thirty with matt Conversay, and i believe it's the girls coaches turn is that correct i can't remember and then uh, we'll be live on air eight thirty a.m we'll bring you all of the action and then on uh, Monday, we will be back here for High School Wrestling Weekly with Coach Gable and Coach Helfrick. Rex, did you catch any Big Ten wrestling over the weekend? I did not. You did not because you were with me the entire yeah. time sitting in the... Uh, we spent 20 hours on the air in two days. Portland McDonald's drive through <laughs> Friday night, but uh, wanted to go over the Big Ten schedule with you. Yeah, here's a little tip for you folks. After the Jay County sectional, don't get in line at Jay County's just McDonald's. Go to the, just go to the Burn McDonald's. Yeah. Uh, Purdue's ranked 16th in the nation. They're one and two. They've got a win over Northwestern, a tough loss to Illinois, 19 to 17. But a couple of highlights for Purdue. If you're looking to watch some Big Ten wrestling on BTN, at 125, Purdue's got the number three ranked wrestler in the na nation, Devin Schroeder. He's from Michigan. At 157, they've got number five, Kendall Coleman. He's from Mount Carmel High School. Cooper Norre from Greenfield Central got a win against Northwestern. He's at 165. Uh, Nick McCartney Parkinson from Modern Day, somebody we've seen the last couple of years um, from the Coach Gable's school. He beat number 22 Jack Jessen from Northwestern in his debut. Thomas Panola from Zionsville is at uh, 197. He's ranked 18th in the nation. And uh, former state champ Dorian Keyes from Brownsburg is uh, wrestling some of the matches at 285. Sunday, Purdue and Minnesota travel to Rutgers. The first duel starts at 10 a.m., second duel at noon. IU so far is 0-2. They've had a, a cancellation. They've lost to Illinois and Michigan. 
There's a lot of Indiana wrestlers in the IU lineup. Brock Hutkins is ranked eighth in the nation. Caden Rooks is in at 133. Uh, then Caden Rooks was out in the second match because Asa Garcia came in. He beat the Michigan wrestler at 133. Paul Conrath, Kyle Luigs, other guys from down there in the south, southern part of the state, they're at 141. Jonathan Curvin, another guy from the Evansville Semi-State, Floyd Central, he's at 157. Nick South is ranked 24th in the nation, former state champ from Columbus East. He's at 165. Uh, against Illinois, IU had just one winner, and that was D.J. Washington from Portage. Um, and his only loss, they've, they've only wrestled twice, but he lost to uh, Logan Massa from uh, Michigan. He's ranked second in the nation. Nick Willem at 197 for IU beat Andrew Davison uh, from Chesterton in the duel against Michigan. And then uh, Rudy Streck from Merrillville is also wrestling heavyweight for IU. He lost to a guy by the name of per- Paris. Per- per- Paris? Paris, yes. Oh, Mason. He's French. Paris. Mason Paris. He's from France. <laughs> is he a cousin to the uh, the exchange student that I see in the brackets at Jay County for Fay? No, the the gentleman that's in your German class? Oh, Jean-Paul. 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 The best uh, French-named JV 132-pounder in the Belmont room. I, IU and Penn State. Uh, Penn State's got their first match of the season, by the way. That's at Northwestern, and that's Saturday at noon. Tape delay that so you don't miss what we've got going on but you can watch it later on Saturday night. Sounds like a lot of uh, sports on the radio here at WZBD, and uh, we're always uh, thankful that we have uh, so many opportunities to uh, bring sports to you on radio and then other fine programs uh, in our lineup like Radio Auction as well. And uh, Dane and I like to promote that. It's one of the best nights of comedy on the radio. And uh, once again, thank everybody for tuning in. I'd like to thank our large crowd for uh, joining us here tonight. Ooh, there they are. Whooping it. There they are. Loud. Whooping it up. I'd like to thank Steve Rouse for running aboard for Spec Studio and all of our fine sponsors. And remember, tune in next week on Monday night again, our normal time, 7.05, as uh, we have a couple of special guests call in. And with that, we're going to sign off for the WZBD radio show, and we're going to stick around for the podcast. Make sure you tune in to that podcast. You can find that on the WZBD podcast page uh, or on IndianaMountain.com. First things first, I got a lot of questions. And we're all learning something here. But uh, maybe we can get John to come up a little bit closer. He's got all of his books spread out. He's, a, he's the historian over there. But I've been coming to Belmont wrestling matches since uh, I, I think my dad had me wrestling uh, in maybe second grade. I've got the shirt on today, 1994. Belmont, everybody that was in second grade in 1994 wrestled. But my grandma used to take me to watch uh, my cousin Robert wrestle at Adam Central. And, you know, I can't ever remember going, whether it was in 1997 or 2017, without you being there. And you've always been there. But also since about 1997, since I can remember, there's been another guy who's always sitting up in the top layer of seats. And he's always got his clipboard. And he's always got his black jacket on. And for years, I always just called him the guy. (laughs) Because I never knew his name. And then a couple years after that, I don't know, maybe it was when my wife first went to Mishawaka, I just felt like, you know what? That guy that I always see, I never see him talking to anybody. I'm just going to go over there and I'm going to introduce myself. And I'm just going to start talking to him like I've known him my whole life. And I don't know if John remembers that, but I think the first time I ever talked to him was at Mishawaka, uh, where you and I always sit. Well, yeah. And I always have a running joke, and I didn't get to do it this year. I guess it's not a joke. It's, it's sincere. But every time I go to Mishawaka... I, I put on my Facebook page the picture from the same spot. I've been doing it for 10 or 15 years, and I always say life's a little bit better when you're sitting next to Bruce Teamy 
<laughs> and my wife always gives me an elbow because I don't mention her name, but I give Bruce's name. But, uh, you know, John is, is, has always been there. So how did you get to meet him? And tell us a little bit about his background story. Well, how, how I got to meet him was uh, I, I seen him at some of our wrestling matches. And like you say, he just sit up there by himself and all nice and quiet. And I don't know, maybe two or three matches I seen him. And believe it or not, <clears throat> I go to the Big Ten wrestling championships too. Well, here <clears throat> Phil and I were at the Big Ten wrestling championships at Ohio State. And lo and behold, there sits John, kind of up there by himself. And I told Phil, I said, I got to find out who this guy is. <laughs> he comes to all our matches, and here he is at the college matches. So I went up, and I started talking to him. And my God, I couldn't get a word out of him. He just quiet and shy. and I just kind of kept pounding him. And finally, I guess after talking for a while, if I asked him where he was from, here he is from Whitco. And here he drives, and he's still, well, like I say, he's everywhere now. He drives clear from Whitco and comes to watch Belmont Wrestling. I said, why, or why is it that you come to watch Belmont Wrestling? He says, because Belmont Wrestling... <clears throat> They're, uh, he said, you've got one of the best programs in the area, and you guys are all level-headed. You don't see any cockiness around. You don't see guys throwing your head gears. Or, and he said, I just, he says, Whitco, we don't, he wrestled for Whitco, but. We discovered earlier in the evening that he was actually in the same weight class as Rex in 1979. Same, same class of school, 79. I think, he, John, you wrestled for Heritage? No, Whitco. He wrestled for Whitco? Whitco. He okay. said he was one match away. The His final match of that year, if he would have won, he would have wrestled Rex. No, if I would have won and he would have won, we both got beat. Semi-state. Oh, I thought he said he didn't He didn't qualify okay. for semi-state. But anyways, you would have you been awfully awfully close. So uh, we definitely appreciate John being here. And, uh, you know, I I constantly talk with Sean Farrow about big-picture big Belmont things. And one of the things that we always talk about is the amount of diehard fans. We're talking about the the uh, Mary Stricklers, um, the Roger Boldemeyers, the people who continue to come who haven't had a child or a cousin or a brother or anybody in the family wrestle in the last five or ten years. Crazy Daisy Hurst was our biggest fan back and, in the day. And those, and those numbers have, have dropped, and I always have a great appreciation for – those people who do not have uh, a family member but are still there. And, and it, it, is a, it is almost a way of life to, to, to make sure that you go to everything that you possibly can. Now, Bruce likes his occasional ski trip instead of going to Mishawaka. But uh, it takes a true fan to take two days off of work, to buy two hotel rooms, or if you're like Bruce driving there and back twice, um, and to go, even though you don't have anybody specifically there. I stay there. <laughs> I, you, I get a hotel room. You never get a hotel about? room. Okay. <laughs> I ain't driving clear back home. <laughs> there was that one year I was like, where's Bruce? And he says, well, he went skiing. And I thought, well, my gosh, he went skiing instead. Well, but, I, uh, I have a correction for John. If he said the Belmont wrestlers weren't cocky, that's because 
he wrestled at 79. He didn't see very many of AJ's teams wrestle because <laughs> we we had a little swagger. Uh, there were some things that we did that were probably over the edge of what we should have did, but uh, we played the razor's edge, and th- we had some guys that were a little bit abrasive, but we always uh, – our fine coach and his uh, his uh, mild-manneredness kept us in check. So, uh, you know, Bruce is definitely one of those people who – and even though, you know, you have had some family go through some years, and, and like you said, your grandson was in the, the middle school program, but uh, there's something about being there and being there year after year and it being just part of your overall routine – that, you know, for me now it's part of my job, but uh, when I first met my wife, it it was just one of those things where you went. And yeah, we, we yeah. came back, uh, we used to come back from school and we'd go to the Columbia City meet and it didn't matter who was wrestling or what the score was going to be or what anybody was ranked, you just went. And uh, we haven't missed Mishawaka. Um, I haven't missed Mishawaka in 20-some years um, because it's just what you do. And I really appreciate your your uh, love of the program and, and what you've been able to, to give to it. So, Bruce, my question for you is, where did you get the red plaid suit and the hat, matching hat? Rex, it ain't plaid, it's checkerboard. Okay, well, checkerboard is plaid, same thing. <laughs> well, most people, you guys probably don't remember, but it's from Stiefel Green Elevator. See how you... You remember I used to be a hog farmer? Yes, I remember that. I remember the smell used to come with you every day to practice when you come out from school. I didn't want to take two showers in one day. So. Yeah. yeah, so we gave Bruce his own little corner of the room, and they said, Bruce, you just get it undressed over there, and you just stay over there, because he, he, he brought his work to uh, wrestling with him. So it was from the grain elevator. From the grain elevator, yeah, because yeah, it's Prina. Prina feed and well, Prina that red and white checkerboard was there. And there you go, Rex. That's yeah, the story so. behind the story. Yeah, and the problem is, I'm jealous because he can still wear a suit that he's had for 35 years. So I, I still, yeah. I just went skiing the other day with it. Speaking of skiing, yeah, I, 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 I got probably a, easy to easy to spot on the slopes well, with that with that outfit on. You that, would you would think they you you can find the body down. easier that way in the avalanche. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um, let's see. Going back, man, we've had so much going on. Uh, one thing I wanted to point out before we go into to Bruce's story about the Decatur Wrestling Club, Jim Hopkins mentioned his first year was 1974. One of his favorite memories was Kent Book uh, uh, passing away, but Bill Schultz then dedicating the entire season to his memory. And I still, it's still not lost on me the irony of the fact that Ike Rubel is a product of the Book family Correct. and the Schultz family. Um, and I think that's just such a, a, a perfect way to, to take Belmont wrestling history and bring it all the way back around. And you've got those two guys, uh, you know, uncles uh, of, great uncles of, of Ike Rubel uh, and, and the connection that that brings. So I just wanted to mention that. As and I tell you what, he has some of the meanness from both of them. <laughs> because both those guys were very aggressive. Bill was mean. Uh, you know, Bill made sure that I, I wore one swirly in my career, at least. So, Well, I had a, a, a good opportunity to talk to uh, Owen Doster and uh, on Saturday at the conference tournament, and one of the things that he said about Elijah Chacon was that he wished that he had a little bit more toughness and meanness, I guess, like Ike Rubel does. So I thought that that was interesting that here uh, is – this coach who's wrestled at, at Wabash College, and he's telling this senior, who's a heavier weight, 
that he should emulate this 13 pounder who's a junior and get a little bit a little bit meaner like him but uh okay bruce wants to share with us a little bit of a story about the the origins of the decatur wrestling club yeah you had a an article last year there about how the decatur wrestling club got started well after my junior year which would be 1974 uh we phil's kind of quite disappointed in me that I wasn't wrestling varsity. Well, we thought we had to do something to try to see what I could do to get better. So we decided we'd try to keep on practicing because uh, and wrestle in these uh, freestyle tournaments. And, uh, uh, well, to start with, then the high school wouldn't let us practice there. So we ended up going to the the junior high, which is the annex now, the old junior high. Um, uh, so then we, well, we, well, I guess the reason the high school wouldn't let us practice there is because of insurance. Mm-hmm. Well, the junior high, well, we was able to practice there. So we started practicing there then, and, and uh, i got to let you know the first tournament I went to, I had 109 guys in my weight class. <laughs> Just 109. 100, this was there was a, that was the only tournament in Indiana, and it was I don't know sometime after the state tournament, and uh, well, it went two days. Well, the first day I went five and zero. Oh, I was five pins and zero, oh, so I had no black points against me. I'm sitting pretty decent. Of course, you didn't worry about that at the time. Then the next day come along, and well. Now you're kind of getting down to the nitty-gritty stuff. Well, the first guy, I don't know nothing about him, but he kind of kind of beat me up a little bit. Well, then the next, well, since double elimination, I got to wrestle another match. Well, I heard a little, knew a little something about this guy. Here is a Marty Hutzel, two-time state champion from, from Bloomington South. <laughs> Needless to say, I... Well, I wrestled him, but, yeah, that was about the extent of it. You, ex- you exited the tournament after yeah, two I, black points. I was done. <laughs> and I, I'm thinking, according to my calculations, probably if I could have won another match, I'd have probably placed. Because I had to be somewhere around the top ten at that time because just, you know, the way everything was eliminated. So that was my experience of going to a freestyle tournament. So that, okay, anyhow, then... So then we kept practicing. Well, Phil got some information there at the tournament then. And, uh, well, at the time, I guess, just made phone calls. So we, we, we'd, we'd cut, try to make sure we was down to wait for that weekend because Phil, you never knew when he was going to have a tournament coming on. So I'll never forget the one night he, come, or we, he was there and we were practicing, and he says, well, says, I, I found a tournament in Kentucky. I said, I think if we can all go home and get dressed and change clothes, I think we can get there before weigh-in. <laughs> Believe it or not. We, so so we, we all go home and change clothes and get our clothes and tell our parents what the heck we're doing, and we took off to Kentucky. We got down there. Well, Kentucky, you know, no big deal. We, we got there. And I got hotel reservations and everything. And 
And, uh, of course, at that time of night, we didn't, morning, I guess, you didn't really see the facility or anything. We just got a hotel room. Well, so then after we got settled in, then we took off and went headed for where this tournament was at. And I'm like, oh, my God. We got to the place, the address, and we were looking around. It's like, what did we get ourselves into? Here it was a reform institution, and there's wire fences all over the place. And, <laughs> and I said, oh, my. He said, yeah, it's got to be the right place, the right address. <laughs> well, needless to say, I said, well, it's a wrestling tournament. We gotta we gotta check it out and well we got in there sure enough here that's where the wrestling tournament was at and uh, as the day went on here we found out some guy got shot the night before <laughs> and we're like kind of a scary feeling but anyhow we we wrestled and well we, you know that was kind of quite an ordeal so you young kids listen out there Bruce and Phil did not use his Google search engine <laughs> on his cell phone to find the map <laughs> find the place no. no. They used to have these things printed on paper. You'd unfold them, and it had pictures of the roads, and you followed those to get there, right? Yeah, we just yeah, you just had a map. You know, Bruce, one of the, one of the earlier days of the Decatur Wrestling Club, I remember guys like Bob Williams and Jim Franzi, you know, kind of stepped in, and they kind of helped you and Bruce and you and Phil and those guys organize it and make it a true organization to actually establish it as a club. How yes, how Bob Williams got involved is here we were we made it through that first year. Well, now the next year, well now we got Brother Rod, you know we got to try to keep him going. So we wanted to go again after this the season. Well, now the junior high would not let us practice either because insurance, and so now feels like, well we got to do we. I know where the story's going. <laughs> I I know where you guys went next. We yeah. So, well, Phil talked. Phil wasn't much of a talker, so that's how he got John Freed involved. And he told John, he, well, John was used to talking to the public, so he told John, hey, you got to go see this Bob Williams. He says, we need insurance. We got to, you know, we got to do something to keep, get this going. So he talked to Bob Williams and, uh, you know, talked about getting insurance. Well, eventually then, that's how Bob Williams got involved, that he... He got us in, we got, in, well, then since we're going to have insurance, he says, well, now we might as well have a club. Because we go to these different tournaments, and they said, well, what's the name of your club? And it's like, we don't have a club. <laughs> they, they, couldn't, they couldn't believe we didn't have a club. So now, so now since we're going to have insurance, and then that's how we got the Decatur Wrestling Club got started then. So where where did you guys practice then once you were kicked out of the junior high? I think then we got well, then we went to the old old annex, which like is Lincoln, tore down now. Lincoln, Lincoln, Lincoln School, the Lincoln, Lincoln School annex. Well, well, you know, beans there it was just it wasn't like we brought any mats up there. So the mats we had were these old mats that they had on the end of the wall of the the bas- basketball court. You know the canvas. Mats, old horse hair, were, horse hair mats. That were what, maybe four feet wide and ten feet long. Well, we'd put two of them together. Well, we didn't have any string or anything, so every time you shot, they'd pull apart. Well, the next guys had to shove them back together, and we, we didn't practice too long on that. We said that's that's not going to work. I remember Eugene Grody and Richard Grody, and 
little brother Rod, and I don't remember who else was all up there, but we said, ah, this this ain't safe. So then shortly after then, I think then, when they got in, Phil got the insurance, and, and of course then that's how um, Jim Franzi got involved with it too then. They, they, Bob Williams had a son about that, you know, getting ready to, he had a pair of twins. He had a pair of twins that were phenomenal wrestlers back in the day. Yeah, he had an older son that got got it started. Yep. yep. And then, well, Jim Franzi had an older son too. That's how they got. That's how they got involved in it then. But Phil's the one that got that ball rolling. Yeah. So I mean, Phil was, Phil spent so much time in the room. I mean, he was just a a fixture in the Belmont wrestling room for a number of years. Was assistant coach for many years, and uh, his legacy really helped propel those uh, Belmont State Championships teams to where they yeah. were at. Yeah, and a lot of people nowadays don't know the story. You know, Bob Williams, one of the first, uh, I don't know, technically I think he was the first president of the Decatur Wrestling Club, but obviously Phil Teamy's legacy too. Rex, I want to remind us, uh, here we're in the after the final whistle. I guess that's what we're going to call this segment now. Yeah. This has just sort of been our venture off into whatever we want to do, but we've actually got a sponsor now. You know, just like the Decatur Wrestling Club didn't exist, well, now we have a new segment. We've, we've, we've got a new segment, segment with a new sponsor, and this is after the final whistle, sponsored by Defense Soap. And uh, we've got a kind of a cool partnership with Defense Soap as they're going to be providing uh, their product for coaches who appear on the show uh, from now on and, uh, and are providing that so that uh, – uh, we can, uh, yeah, well, re- sometimes Rex may need some defense soap also. For years, defense soap has been trusted by wrestlers, coaches, and families to protect their athletes from the dangers associated with skin infection. Defense has always made a commitment to the wrestling community to make products that are safe and effective in the toughest of rooms. The feedback they receive from their loyal customers strengthens their purpose and drives them to fulfill different needs in personal care and hygiene. Defense soap. Defense, defend what you have built. Well, if we're going to get some soap, I might as well start using soap for a change. So, uh, you know, Bruce. That, that, that soap would have came in handy back in the day when I was in junior <laughs> high. And Bruce Timmy came home from ICE after his pit hog job and come back. And uh, Bruce could have used some of that defense soap and so could the rest of us defend us from that uh, uh, smell he brought home from the uh, ICE program. So... Uh, Bruce, uh, I, I love the story about the Decatur Wrestling Club. Sean tells me uh, every once in a while that at some point the Decatur Wrestling Club was forced to practice uh, in the second-story apartments above Vinny's. Do you ever remember that? Were there being practices held up there for a number of years? Maybe no, that must have been after my time. That must have been after your time, yeah. for well, sure. But you know, how, how would Sean get into Vinny's anyways? Oh, that's right. He's got a connection there. One of, one of the things that I, I really appreciate when you talk to other people about wrestling in this community and specifically with the Decatur Wrestling Club, we talk about radio coverage from WZBD. We talk about the newspaper coverage that Nellie Clark started and that Jim Hopkins just blew up and got into the Hall of Fame for. But when you start telling people that, when people die in Decatur, and in their last wishes, they leave their memorials, part of their of their will to the Decatur Wrestling Club. That's not something that happens everywhere, uh, and I think that is a testament to the the to sort of the, the basic fabric of the community that that wrestling is here in Decatur, and and the way that the people stick with it even after their their kids are gone. And uh, I think that's something that I really respect about about the Decatur Wrestling Club. So we literally live and die for the wrestling club. I guess it's something like that. I guess it's something like that. 
You, you continue to support it, whether it's by reading the paper or listening to WZBD or attending the matches. I know we've got a lot of people out there who haven't been able to come watch the team because of COVID, and they, and they listen to the uh, radio broadcast. Uh, even somebody like uh, uh, outside of Decatur, Margie Tebow, she messaged me this weekend and was just so grateful that WZBD has picked up Adam Central this year and that she's been able to listen to matches because she hasn't been able to go. People like Mary Strickler and Bob Strickler uh, who have come to matches for 50-some years are still able to listen, listen to WZBD. And every once in a while, Mrs. Strickler still sends me a correction on my writing in The Democrat um, because she was my English teacher at Belmont. She's critiquing your articles. Sometimes it usually comes with a tin of cookies, but that's beside the point. Um, but I think we're really lucky to have that kind of support, and it makes it so easy to come to a kid and tell them uh, that that what they're doing on the wrestling mat, yeah, it's important for themselves, but they're also part of a bigger community where people really care about what they do. You know, you can go wrestle anywhere, but it may not even make the paper or people don't even know that you're on the wrestling team. But you know, when Henry Kukulhan gets on the radio and gives an interview and beats Norwell and gets the number two seed, you know, that's important to people. If people have a vested interest in what he does, and I think that builds some character in kids because they do have that little bit of extra pressure, you know, and it's not just at Belmont, it's at Adams central, it's at South Adams too, that what you do, what you perform, you know, some people are going to be excited on Saturday night based on the way that, that the team did, and other people are going to be disappointed. And there's something invested in that that I think makes it carry more weight, and it means more when you have that success. Um, because, you know, people get excited. People build their January and February around what these boys do on the wrestling mat, and, and, it, and it means something. And, Dana, some more information came out uh, today, I believe, that uh – basically seeds us in that we're the only game in town when it comes to broadcasting. Yeah, radio wins, I guess. Uh, radio rules. Radio rules. Um, there might be a little anchorman action there. We get in a, a fight with the WZBD team against the track wrestling team. against the, Did I you don't just know. stab a guy with a trident? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we're going to be the only ones there. We're the only local media outlet who's going to be covering wrestling. You're definitely going to be able to pay to watch the action, but we're going to be the only free... Uh, medium that's going to be covering it and we're going to be there all the way we're going to bring you all the coverage we're going to bring you every match that we can from belmont and Adams central and south adams and uh, we're going to keep going in from jay county and you know you can't help but walk away from what we saw last friday and just be impressed with that freshman class of, of boys that that jay county has i yeah. mean they've got they've got guys noise. who are going to be really good and i already sent a message uh to a couple people saying Belmont needs to get them on the schedule next year, a, a Tuesday night or a Thursday night duel, and get it on the schedule for two or three years going forward, because, uh, and even longer after that probably. But it's definitely going to be uh, something to, to pay attention. So, uh, Bruce, we really appreciate you coming on and adding your, uh, your stories to our show. And like thank John for coming and bringing his information and all our crowd that has uh, gathered here that uh, whoops up once in a while. Let, let everybody know that we do have this live at a uh, – restaurant and uh, you are able to come out and attend and get the uh, weekly special that that dane and i always partake of and uh, the drinks are always cold and it's always a good time so i'd like to thank everybody for showing up like thank all of our sponsors and our new sponsor to help uh, sponsor this last section which we're calling the after the final whistle yeah i think it's going to be a cool partnership and uh they've sent the care packages and uh, we don't have a coach on this week but uh i I think 
the last few weeks that we're going to be able to give some of those away at the state finals, and then we'll have it again next year when we, when we start the show again next year. So, but uh, we want to thank all of our sponsors from Adams Memorial, Woodcrest, Heller Nursery, Paul Baker Drywall. Uh, got a text from Trevor Gray saying that the market's really strong right now. There's a lot of buyers. There's a lot of people selling. Uh, give him a call if you're interested in uh, upgrading or downsizing or all of those things, and uh, he'll take care of you. But we'll look for uh, everybody on Saturday's broadcast as we'll be – uh, is it 8.30? We're going to we'll go on at 8.30. We'll be on air at 8.30 all the way through. We've been and, able uh, to uh, talk Matt Conversay into moving his basketball coaches shows ahead 30 minutes so we can get on the air and get all the action. And we won't have to worry about uh, what time we quit. The following week on regional uh, week, we will have a, a basketball broadcast between, I think, Belmont and Adams Central that we're going to try to get to immediately as fast as we can. But um, we've still got uh, plans for a Friday night at State show. We know that it's going to be two sessions, one starting at noon and one starting at 7. We don't know when we're going to have our, our super-duper special show with Kevin Whitehead and, and Greg Rakestraw and all of the personalities that uh, we hope to have on the show. We're going to call that TBD. It could be in between sessions. If we go wrestling from 12 to 2.30 or 3 and then we don't start again till 7, if uh, they don't kick us out of the building or maybe we run and, and get checked into our hotel – and then come back, but you know we're going to figure something out, whatever that may be, and uh, we're going to bring it to you, and uh, we're going to put a, a, a special request into the commissioner and tell him that we've got a guy who's getting ready to be at 50 straight state finals, and we got to get him a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Dane. So with that, I'd like to thank Steve Rouse for hanging out for the overtime session, and uh, tune in next Monday night for more wrestling talk for on the Haggard Septon Hershey Zelt High School Wrestling Weekly.